There be many that say, Who will show us any good? Lord, lift thou up the light of thy countenance upon us. Thou hast put gladness in my heart more than in the time that their corn and their wine increased. Welcome back to the LiftBridge Podcast. This is your host, John Laurie, coming to you from Duluth, Minnesota, the zenith city, where we are currently seeing more snow and uh, adding up towards uh, perhaps a potentially record-breaking season of snowfall, and we are really excited about that. Uh, Well, we're not really excited, but we are excited. It's one of those things you're excited about, but it also means a lot of work, so... Uh, welcome to our St. Patrick's Day episode. We're so glad you've joined us, and we hope that this is a blessing to you. Take care, and we'll see you in the next segment. In this segment, we're going to be talking about all things Irish. Well, actually, not all things. That'd be a pretty big topic, wouldn't it? But we're going to be talking just about some things I always associate with St. Patrick's Day. And before we do that, I just want to say a big shout out to Allison, who's getting better. We're praying for her recovery. We're praying for her to feel better soon. And uh, she is uh, a wonderful, wonderful uh, lass, a Colleen, perhaps, uh, who happens to be my sister. And we're so glad that, that she's listening and hope that you're feeling better soon. Um, my mom is now with the Lord. Uh, was just a great, great celebrator of St. Patrick's Day. She actually was Irish. She had um, uh, on her grandfather's maternal grandfather's side. Um, he was an Irishman, and uh, he was very proud of his heritage. And so um, we're, we're also proud of the, the Cowan name and uh, lineage um, coming from Ireland. But she was a wonderful example of all the fun that you can give kids on St. Patrick's Day. Um, one of my favorite memories involved her. <laughs> she loved to use food coloring. And uh, one of the things she did, what I still get such a huge kick out of is uh, she dyed milk green one St. Patrick's Day. And as she drank this green milk, she started to slide down in her chair. And so it looked like she was shrinking. And she told me that she was turning into a leprechaun. And of course, I was horrified because I believed her. And... <laughs> As I was like, no, no. She took another sip and she started to grow back into her normal size. <laughs> oh, that was wonderful. Another wonderful memory is that every year in her third grade classroom, she had kids. Um, she'd take like Werther's um, candies. So anything, or sometimes it was like Hershey 
like pot of gold, I think they're called. They're a really nice, like little fun sized uh, chocolate bar with a gold wrapper. And she would have leprechaun traps. She'd have the kids make leprechaun traps. And they had to come up with their trap. And then when they went to lunch, they'd put out their trap. And then when the kids came back from lunch, they'd discover this candy that the leprechauns had left behind when they were trapped. So just really fun stuff. And she always made it so special. So we're so thankful for that. And um, so thankful for just such a great mom. And uh, we, we're just so grateful for wonderful, wonderful memories like that. Um, another thing that I always think about on St. Patrick's Day is the movie The Quiet Man with John Wayne and Maureen O'Hara. And my mom really, I think, had a deep kinship with Maureen O'Hara. She was very bratty. She had red hair. And, uh, of course, John Wayne, I'm, you know, my dad very much model models himself. There's a, actually a family connection, um, to John Wayne in our family. So, you know, obviously there's a, a big, big, uh, uh, connection there for our family and we just love that movie. And, uh, so I think I imprinted on that movie pretty early on. I also imprinted at some point on Bing Crosby, and I just love listening to Bing sing Irish songs. Uh, it's just a, I, I love listening to Bing at any season of the year, but there's something wonderful about Bing singing uh, Irish songs. It's it just, I don't know, it just really touches me in a special place. So uh, I think that. When you think about it, we really are should be grateful for the way that the holidays fall on the calendar because you start off kind of the winter season here. Um, and our Canadian friends started a little bit earlier. It does get colder up there earlier um, with Thanksgiving. And, of course, Christmas is the big one that's helping you get through the darkest part of the year, darkest part of the winter, but spring officially starts on March 20th, and we've got that nice little kind of holiday that the color is green, the The color is uh, kind of that Irish emerald green, and it's kind of like it's the last holiday in winter, kind of getting us ready to kick off into spring. Now, uh, because um, resurrection, our celebration of Resurrection Day is uh, a movable feast, um, it can actually happen um, in March, but it usually, I think, happens no earlier than March 26th. So that's usually a very, very springy holiday. And um, it can go as late as May, but it's usually in April. And it kind of is like that first real kind of jolt that hey this winter thing is coming to an end but we kind of have that nice little last holiday here with St. Patrick's Day kind of getting us through the winter um, 
what in our next segment we're going to be talking about Charlie Behrens, who has a lot of Irish heritage, I believe, on his mother's side. Although I could be wrong about that, I, I but I think his mom's name is Molly, and it sounds like a pretty Irish name. Um, all of my research comes purely from watching his podcast. <laughs> so. This is not a official information, but uh, I, I do have a Charlie Barron's connection in the next segment. But I just wanted to talk about, on this very, if I wish you could see my window out here. The school bus just rolled up, and uh, there's some parents trudging out in the falling snow to pick up their kids from school. And it is as white as a Norwegian dinner plate out there. Uh, one of the things that's cool is when we look at the history of of St. Patrick, it's really the, the story of missions and of God reaching out to the nations uh, with the gospel. Now, of course, um, and it, it belongs to a time, um, belongs to a time, and I, I don't have the exact dates. I, I want to say it's the 8th century. I'll have to test my knowledge on that. But uh, around that time, I believe, is when St. Patrick arrived in Ireland. He wasn't a saint yet, of course. But uh, he, has, he was a captive who was actually human trafficked. He was, he was a slave. And he was sold to the Irish. Um, and when he regained his freedom, he decided to go back of his own volition to share the gospel with the pagan people of Ireland. And now that's a very compelling story. I think it really smacks of God's grace and and his mercy that he wanted to to go and of his own free will and share the gospel. And it really reminds us of Philippians chapter 2, doesn't it? Uh, of Christ voluntarily leaving his his freedom and glory in heaven to come and save uh, all who would place their faith in him, uh, the Father's elect. And uh, it's just wonderful to, to know that Christ did that for us. And it's wonderful to know that, that many Christians have followed that example and how they have, they have lived their lives and how they've served God. Uh, so not not the whole story on St. Patrick, but you know that's a pretty big part of the story that I think is important for us to remember. Um, one of the things that's so exciting when we look at the book of Genesis is it really helps us to understand so much of history. I think one of the reasons why the book of Genesis has been so attacked in the 19th and 20th centuries is that all of the enemies of mankind, all the, all the people who are working uh, for the enemy, they believe the book of Genesis. They're just on the wrong team. And they're trying to get the truth out of our hands so that we'll be ignorant of, of uh, the schemes that they're up to. But when we look at the book of Genesis, it really explains our history, and it, and it does explain our future too. But for right now, I just want to focus on the history part, and one of the most important things about 
the book of Genesis is it explains the fact that people are all related to one another uh, through Adam and through Noah and that God, in fact, sent the nations out from Babel or Babylon in an effort to curb that tendency towards one world government and one world religion that was uh, an act of rebellion against the Lord after uh, Noah's flood. This is one of the reasons why we can see that in every culture we have the story of Noah. Yeah, some of the details have been changed. Um, Some of the details have been altered to fit the conception of watercraft and boats and and some other things, uh, things that we'd expect to happen in a, uh, um, places where people have been left to a time of ignorance, as Paul talked about in Acts, where oral tradition has become corrupted by the adding different components. However, one of the one of the things that's so neat is when we, you know, in our Hawaiian podcast, we talked about this. The Hawaiians are just wonderful proof of the fact that God sent the nations out to go forth and multiply and fill the earth. And the Hawaiian islands are some of the remotest islands on earth. And yet people got there and they fulfilled that mission that God sent them forth to do. Uh, One of the really interesting things too is you know, Ireland is the one of the furthest um, places that in Europe, um, one of the furthest west places in Europe that was populated. And uh, one of the cool things is that they did accept Christianity very early. And so we see that this theme in the Bible that God, to curb evil, sent the nations out, but then he also did something that kind of mimicked that spreading out. He also spread the gospel out. And uh, one of the things that's so exciting about that is that, um, you know, God is collecting his people. He's collecting his elect people uh, for his name, for his glory. And uh, so all... Now all the nations are hearing about the go- the gospel, and they are, um, and of course the gospel is one of the greatest forces restraining evil in our world today. It's one of the reasons why, uh, in totalitarian states, the gospel and the church and Christianity are constantly under attack. You know, we should be very concerned when we see people restrict. Uh, churches, just as we saw during COVID, uh, in Ukraine, the the seizure of the Ukrainian Orthodox Church should be very concerning to us. It is certainly not a sign of freedom, but of totalitarianism. And yet, we, it's always a it's always a symptom of totalitarianism that uh, evil always seeks to repress truth, light. Uh, the ability to spread God's message, and yet it just continues to spread. It's going to go forth 
God's word is going forth until it's accomplished everything that he's meant for it to do. And that's what's so exciting. Uh, we can, instead of getting discouraged when we uh, read whatever sorts of news we're reading, we need to remember that uh, all the really important stuff, all the really good stuff, uh, a lot of it doesn't get covered. <laughs> And God is, newsflash, God is going to accomplish everything he sent his word out to do. So just remember that. And this segment's getting a little long, so we'll see you in the next one. In this segment, we're going to be talking about a really fun thing that happened And on this podcast, we've talked about our admiration and appreciation for Charlie Barron's. And uh, today, I just have a really cool story to share about something that really happened. And uh, it's just something that was really, really fun for me and for um, my wife. We like to watch the uh, Bellied Up podcast, and we like to watch uh, the Cripes cast, and kind of all things Charlie Barron's. And uh, so one of the things that we love about the Bellied Up podcast is that people call in to Charlie and Miles and they usually uh, want to ask for advice. And uh, so, but usually they they have some topic that they want to talk about. And so my wife and I have often thought, what would we talk to Charlie about? Um, And one day... Uh, I, I actually thought of something pretty cool. So, uh, I noticed that Charlie actually has a, uh, memory for scripture and a couple of times on his show, um, he's quoted scripture and people didn't recognize what he was saying. And so they, <laughs> they just kind of stared at him and he just kind of went on to another topic, but I just thought that was really cool. And uh, I wanted to applaud Charlie for that. So I wrote him uh, a note about this. And then I shared with him this. I'm just going to read this from my email. Um, I had a neat biblical insight into the Midwest goodbye. In Acts 20, Paul is saying goodbye to the Ephesians on his way to Jerusalem. Paul was in a hurry to get to Jerusalem, but he stopped in to greet them. His farewell speech is pretty sobering, but I found the comparison to the Midwest goodbye pretty humorous because when Paul finished and they had all prayed together and wept on his neck, they walked to the ship with him. Verse 38. I just got a kick out of that. Maybe back then they called it a Mideast goodbye. I can totally see a bunch of Midwestern Ephesians telling Paul, well, the least we can do is walk to the ship with you. Then Paul probably got on board and they talked for another hour. (laughs) (laughs) I pointed this out to my wife and she had another observation. She also noticed that at the end of Paul's letters, he usually has a long list of people he wants to greet. She said this was the biblical equivalent of, tell your folks I says hi. We cracked up. I don't know what the biblical equivalent of watch out for deer is, but we certainly wish that for you. So hope that gives you a smile when you're studying scripture. Thanks again for making us laugh. P.S. Our friend Jess says it should be, watch out for lepers. <laughs> Sincerely, John Laurie. 
So that was a pretty great, great, uh, fun thing to share with Charlie. And I, I really did. I, in my mind, I embellished it even more than in my note. I was just thinking about the similarity. And this kind of goes back to this time when I was working at camp. One time at camp. And when I was working at camp, every year there would be this theme. And basically we'd retell a Bible story, but it would be in a different, exciting setting. Uh, so you would kind of like take a Bible story and set it in like a pirate setting or you'd set it in the Wild West or something like that. And I always thought it would be really fun to set the gospel stories with the disciples in Minnesota, uh, up north, like an up north. And it really fits well because like Galilee was the up north of Judea. That's like where it was like up north, it was in the sticks, they were, they had a lake, they liked to fish. You know, there's just a lot of connections. You can easily see Peter and John and James and Andrew wearing um, buffalo plaid and, or camo and uh, Crocs as they're fishing in the boat. And um, so I, when I was at camp, there's this chain of pizza restaurants called... Zorba's in northern Minnesota and we had one near the camp and uh, we'd go there when we had time off and we'd they'd give out these free cups that said Zorba's Z-O-R-B-A-Z and uh, their trademark was having everything that was an S turn into a Z it was just kind of their shtick or should I say shtick <laughs> but I decided I was going to make a, a coffee mug for myself, and I I spelled Jesus with two Zs, and I just mimicked the the logo of, of Zorba's, and it was kind of like my, the way that I celebrated that summer, having that, that own private up north theme of the, of the gospel stories that I was studying. Oh, I got a... Maybe you can hear that siren in the background. Fire truck is on its way. Lord bless them. Protect them. All right. So at any rate, I, I love thinking up, you know, kind of coming up with that up north theme for some of the Bible stories. It's, I've always gotten a kick out of that. And so it was really easy for me to think about these Ephesians being Midwestern and saying, oh, Paul. We hate to see it go, and Paul's just trying to get back on the ship because <laughs> he really wants to go to Jerusalem. They're like, oh, Paul, uh, just one more story. I got to tell you about the time. <laughs> Here, Paul, take this hot dish with you. Um, we can't let you leave this place, you know, empty-handed. And just going on and on, and Paul's slapping his knee and saying, well, I suppose, and he's trying to get out of there. And they just won't let him go. And of course they loved him. You know, I'm, I'm having a little bit of fun. It is a very sobering and very moving story. But I just loved the fact that even though it is a, a sobering story, there is that connection. We can see that in our culture, that, that similarity in the way that they walked with Paul to the ship. They, it was a true uh, Ephesian, Minnesota goodbye. 
So I, I just love that. And uh, to my wonderful surprise and delight, I got a letter back, uh, an email back from Charlie. And this is what he wrote. Ha ha, I love this. Thanks so much for sending over. Yes, almost the Mideast goodbye. Great observation. I'm going to go back and give that a read. Ha ha, and tell Jess I says hi. Take care now, Charlie. So, Charlie, you probably won't hear this because this is a very small podcast. <laughs> but, Charlie, watch out for deer. And uh, thanks so much for answering our letter. And uh, we appreciate you so much. Hope that you're doing well. And uh, tell your folks we says hi. Well, the old clock on the wall is telling us it's time to go. Thank you so much for being part of this uh, very special St. Patrick's Day Lift Bridge podcast. And we'd love to hear some feedback from you. Please send me any comments you have at uh, pastorjohnlory at gmail.com. Pastorjohnlory at gmail.com. We hope that this finds you well. We appreciate you, and remember, keep looking up.